Welcome back to Big Sky Buckets. I'm Big Sky, and today we're doing NBA Power Rankings. From week three going into week four, I think we got enough here to kind of figure out which teams are at the top 16. And that's who I'm going to be analyzing and power ranking for the most part. All the teams that are in the bottom 14, I don't care to power rank right now. They can move up. That's all good and well, but I don't want to do all 30 teams, to be honest. I want to talk about the teams that basically would make the playoffs as of today, or I think should make the playoffs. There's a couple of ties around the league, obviously, because we're still so early on, but now is a good time. I know some people have already started doing power rankings from week one. It's like, dude, you don't even know what these teams are yet, but I think there's enough actual evidence here to tell which teams are good and which teams are bad. But before we get into it, if you're new to the channel, new to the pod, please consider subscribing, liking, commenting, all that good stuff. If you're only the only listener, giving it a rate, giving it a listen, and let's get into it. So as we begin here, I'm basically just going to put a caption when I edit of all the teams that didn't make this list. So the 14 teams will just be on either side of me. <laughs> I'll let that roll for a sec, let you let that sink in for you guys. And now let's get to number 16. Yesterday, when I was grinding my ass off to make graphics, research, net rating, all that good stuff to really put a lot of effort into this, I wanted it so that no team would be under 500 in this top 16. And then the, the Raptors messed this all up for me. And they went down four and five. There was nine Eastern Conference teams in this yesterday and seven Western Conference teams. Now we got eight and eight, so that's a little bit better, but I'm kind of pissed that I have to put a team that's under 500 in this. But we're gonna start at number 16, the under 500 team, only one on this list, that is the Phoenix Suns. The role players have been phenomenal. Devin Booker and Bradley Beal have played two games each, never together, and Kevin Durant has had to basically be the man and really carry this team. And that's been a burden on him for a guy that basically is just a score first kind of player. And he's done a very good job. They've had one of the harder schedules. Their net rating isn't that bad because they still haven't really been blown out. They really compete and that's very respectable, but they're under 500, so I have to put them at 16. My concern here and what I think will, they will rise once all three start playing together. But the concern is that I'm having a hard time believing now that all three are actually going to play together and they need to play more games together because they need to create consistency, understand how each other play. And we need to see how all of that works, because if this is the main thing going on, this is like the Clippers, the Brooklyn Nets a couple of years ago, like it just means it's probably going to fail come playoff time, because if all three finally start playing with each other, they won't understand how it works and they won't understand the offensive hierarchy and all that good stuff so have them at 16 at 15 i have the kings they are 500 they are the worst 500 team because they have the worst net rating net rating is essentially offensive rating minus defensive rating and it gives you the net rating net rating is a little it, it's it's a good metric at times and i use this to try and break up the monotony between 500 teams and teams that might be one game above 500. The Kings net rating is minus 2.8. With De'Aaron Fox out, they do not have the historic offense that they had last year. Instead, it is basically league average. 
It also means that their defense that sucked ass last year also sucks ass this year. Therefore, they are minus 2.8. At 500, they basically will probably lose games because they can't outscore their opponent and they can't defend their opponent. But they are for 500, so you have to give them some credit. There are apparently a lot of teams that can't be at 500 right now. So that's where I have them. They will rise back up once De'Aaron Fox gets back, but they're going through it right now. At 14, we have the Miami Heat. They are 5-4. and four. They are a bizarre team that had lost a bunch out of the gate, Then now they're on a winning streak. But Tyler Hero is out now, and I think that's significant because he's been their best offensive player. Jimmy Butler is not a good regular season team, uh, player. And for the most part, I don't really understand this team yet. The main thing I want to get across is just how I talked about the – Kings net rating. The really bizarre thing here is that even though they're above 500 because they just won last night against the Hawks in a really good victory, they're still ha- they still have a negative net rating, which means the the games that they lost, they lost bad, and they're still trying to make that up. Therefore, I want to put them here at 14 because I think they can rise back up. They don't have a big hard schedule coming up this month, but in December is when we're going to get to figure out who this team really is. So right now I'm kind of the way I see it is they will get better. But as of right now, that net rating is scary because it doesn't indicate that this team has found the identity they typically have, which it really means that their offense is not good and their defense isn't good enough to combat how bad their offense is, but they're starting to look up. I think they'll move up, but for now I have them at 14 at 13. I have the New York Knicks who are at 500 and the reason I have them above the Heat is that net rating. Their net rating is 4.7 plus 4.7. That is very, very, very good. That is actually top 10 in the league. Their offense is really bad, but their defense is top two in the league. Essentially here, the reason I have them moving up is because they've been struggling offensively, but I'm starting to see a pattern here where they're finding their groove. I really believe that we're going to figure out who this team is this month. Tomorrow, they're going to play the Celtics. On Wednesday, they're going to play the Hawks. And then in uh, another week, they're going to play the Timberwolves. These are all teams that are on this list that we're going to f- figure out who they are. So I'm I'm kind of optimistic that they're going to figure it out. They started off really slow, but I think it's going to come like they're going to figure it out. So that's why I have them here. The net rating would indicate that this is still a good team, despite the flaws. At number 12, I have the Orlando Magic, who just beat the Bucks last night in a blowout. This team is also very, very, very good defensively. And, and a lot of these defensive teams deserve to be here, right? When, when your offense isn't as good, defense will win you games in the regular season. And their defense is immaculate. To blow out the Bucks when the majority of your best players are front court players, it signals to me that the Magic will be at worst a play-in team. The main concern here for them is that their guard play is still there's still a logjam there, and when it's a tight game, they have to blow teams out, or they're inclined to self-destruct at the end of games if it's a close game. The Mexico City game against the Hawks in Orlando is actually a really good indication of this, where they just, 
they got one bucket, but for the most part, it's just, why don't we just do ISO? And there's no spacing, so the isolation is just awful and just bad decision-making. But they've done a really good job, and I think the teams that they have beat are very good teams so far. And I think that's a really good indicator. If you beat good teams, that means you are at least a good team. And number 11, I have the team they just beat, the Milwaukee Bucks. This team, I think, will actually fall. I'm giving them a lot more credit than they deserve right now. They have a net rating that's negative, and I know what I just said with the Heat and all of that good stuff. But they still have Giannis, and they have Dame, and I really do believe they should be a better team than they are. But I can't put them in the top 10 now because it's kind of brutal to watch at times where, like, the other night, the Bucks had Giannis put up 50 against the Pacers and they still lost because in the first quarter, they just got obliterated. Their defense isn't the defense we've come to know from the Bucks, and their offense is still like, it's annoying to watch because you know deep down they should be so much better defensively and offensively than they are. But when you watch it from their offensive perspective, it, it makes you more frustrated because it's like, dude, you have two top 10 like offensive guys on your team. Why the hell can't you make this work? And that's the main thing I want to get across is the reason I have them at 11 is because obviously their net rating would tell you that their offense and defense is not good, but I know it will get better. But the reason I say they, they might fall before they rise again is because I still think they're going to go through more teams that are good in the next month. And I think that's going into December and January is when they might finally find their stride. But it, it's been... It's been egregious to watch, to be honest. It's been egregious. I'm putting them at 11. I assume I will drop them. But out of respect for Giannis and Dame, I'm going to put them at 11. And they are 5-4. and four. At number 10, I think the most surprising team to be in the top 10. This is a team that started off 0-3 and, and have won 5 straight. And the main thing here that I want to get across, they are a top 6 team in net rating. The team that used to be a bona fide AAU team the last couple of years, the Houston Rockets. Uh, what a shock. I figured they would be better than they were last year. I didn't figure that they would just figure it out right now. And that's kind of what's happening. They're really good. They're really good offensively. They're really good defensively. They're not the greatest offensive. They're not the greatest defense. But a perfect balance has made them very good so far. And the reason I don't have them higher, despite their net rating, despite the five and three record, I need to see them play really top tier teams. They beat up on LA, they beat up on the Kings twice. I think their time is coming really soon, as in today. They played the Denver Nuggets today. If they somehow beat the Nuggets, this team is actually for real. If they lose, it's whatever, but the main thing here is that once they start playing top tier talent and start really competing, that's when I can say, you got it. But the, the, this is the highest I could put them because you have to respect that record. You have to respect that net rating. But I still don't fully understand this team yet. I, I, don't, I don't know if I want to take them too seriously quite yet. And I don't mean that as any disrespect. It's just based on the last couple of years with the talent that they've had and how bad they've been, I know they got Dylan Brooks, Fred Van Fleet, and Ime Udoka as their head coach. I just need to now see it against really good teams. At number nine, I have the Atlanta Hawks, who are top 10 in net rating, who are 
top one in what the hell is this team? And they're probably top five in why can't you be more consistent? Because when they're consistent, opposed to other teams, there's a lot of teams in that lottery area right now that are just like broken from player to player consistency. This team has shown flashes of like top five offense and top 10 defense. They just don't seem to put that together in the first half. They are, I think they're a top three team in second half points and second half defense because essentially Quinn Snyder makes this adjustment that just wakes them up. And I don't know why they don't get that through their head in the first half, but that's the main thing here. This team should be better than they actually are. And I do believe they will rise once they figure that out, but that's the main concern. And then the final other little tidbit here, they're the only team in the league that has eight players with double digit points, which it would rank as number one in the league. They're a deep team. It's really team offensive. And Trey Young still hasn't even found his stride yet. It's really been the DeJounte Murray and Jalen Johnson show for the most part. So that, that's my little tidbit. They deserve to be ranked in the top 10. I, I probably should put them at 10, but because I don't really understand the Rockets yet, I can at least understand that this team is better than the way they've played. They are better, but the teams above them have straight up been more consistent. At number eight, I have the Indiana Pacers, who are the number one offensive rated team in the league. The reason I don't have them higher, even though they are six and three, a, today is today we figure out if they're for real. Maybe this week, n the next couple weeks for the most part. They play the 76ers today. The 76ers are one of the best teams in the league. Spoiler alert. The other thing here, their defense is absolutely horrific. And the main thing is I remember seeing a graphic. I wish I could find it for you. But there's an adjusted offensive rating graphic out there that adjust for the type of offense that teams are running that are top 10 in the league and which ones are sustainable. And the main thing here is that the Indiana Pacers, they mainly get their offense from three-pointers, but they're doing it at such a high efficiency rate. Like it's groundbreaking. This is not sustainable because eventually once the shots stop falling, this team kind of will fall apart offensively, not entirely, but enough to make a massive, massive difference. And that's the thing. They need to get to the rim way more than they're doing. They need to cut all of that stuff. Like those offensive points are sustainable because they're the easiest. But three is when you're shooting them way over 40% from like almost every starter on the floor. That is not a sustainable way because the way that three-pointers essentially work is that 40% is really good that's less than 50 percent, obviously and when you're shooting somewhere above 40 to 50 percent that's going to fall because their three-pointers are one of the hardest shots in the league to make and the efficiency is way worse than anything else the only thing worse is that if their offense would be way worse if they took only mid-rangers because mid-rangers are same amount of points as getting to the rim dunking all that good stuff with something closer to the efficiency, uh, league efficiency of threes, which should be like, if you're shooting 40%, you're a great team. They're shooting above 40%, so that's going to fall because of, like that's just how three-point shooting works. So it's not sustainable exactly, but I'll, the main thing here is figuring out, can they still work around that when the shots aren't falling? And we haven't really seen that yet. 
So they come in at eight. At seven, I have the Oklahoma City Thunder, who are five and four. The main reason I put them here is they're kind of like the Hawks in the sense that they haven't really been playing super consistent. But the main thing here is they have way more talent from offensive and from at least a defensive standpoint. With Chet Holmgren, with Lou Dort, SGA, Kaysen Wallace off the bench, like all of those guys like really make a high-end defensive team. They just haven't necessarily created a super consistent way to get this done. And that's just because of youth. They're like one of the younger teams on this list. But I like the main thing here is they've also like really only lost to good, like really good teams, which can be concerning, but it also means I think just a learning curve is eventually they will get this down. And every year they throw in new lottery talent that takes time to adjust to this new, like their new system and it's first year in the league. Once they hit like the halfway point, I think they're really going to roll. They may fall a little bit before that halfway point, but eventually they're going to make a big jump and like become a bona fide playoff team. At number six, I have the Golden State Warriors. The reason I have them here is they are six and four. Steph Curry is playing absolutely out of his mind. And it is sustainable because it's Stephen Curry and he is a an enigma. An enigma. Um, their defense is actually really good. The main concern I have for the Warriors is just Andrew Wiggins, Clay Thompson, and a couple of others are just not carrying the weight they need to, but this could, can change. Really here, they give a lot of really good teams a run for their money, and they are the Warriors. It, to be honest, like this might just be kind of half-assed answer, but like they're the Warriors. Steph is playing like maybe the best basketball I've ever seen him play, which is insane. So I have to put them at six. The only reason they're not higher is A, the record, and B, what I, kind of what I outlined. The offense needs to take a little bit more of a jump. Um, if Steph's workload can be lightened by just any other player, to be honest, this team will be jumping up higher. Also, the teams above them are, like, incredible. So, all of that said and done, we're going to number five. I have the Dallas Mavericks, who are 7-2. and two. The Dallas Mavericks have not really played anyone worth note except for Denver and Orlando. They beat Orlando, but they lost to Denver. Now, the main criticism is they've probably had the easiest schedule so far. They've just beat the shit out of these bad teams. The problem here is I have to put them at five because they're damn well seven and two. That's better than some that are above them just by maybe a game or something. And Luka has been incredible. The role players have been phenomenal. Derek Lively, Grant Williams, they've been great. Derek Jones Jr. has been phenomenal too. Tim Hardaway has been good. The, the, the real kind of criticism here, I would say, is like the defense needs to be better. And Kyrie hasn't been like super phenomenal actually this year. And that's a little concerning, but they're, they come here at five because you have to pay respects to being seven and two. I'm sorry. Like if you have a problem with that, let me know in the comments. But dude, they're seven and two. Like they're one of the best offensive teams in the league. And Luka looks like a bona fide MVP candidate. And number four, this might be, this is another one of the most surprising ones. The Minnesota Timberwolves, the Giant Slayers. 
Boston goes in to Minnesota. Haven't lost yet. They walk out with a loss. Denver Nuggets goes into Minnesota. Hadn't lost yet. Walks out with their first and only loss. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the best defensive team in the league. The the Twin Towers front court that everyone has been shitting on looks like it's working defensively, at least. Ant-Man's taking that leap into superstardom. Jaden McDaniels is still my fucking guy. Uh, They look phenomenal. The main thing I want to get across here is that offensively, Rudy and Cat haven't worked out well. However, when Cat actually is consistently good offensively, they essentially can't lose. And the the first game they lost was like a whatever game as they're trying to get the ball rolling. The second one, and then haven't lost since, was the collapse and super comeback by the Hawks in Atlanta. The They beat really good teams. The Minnesota Timberwolves beat really good teams. My main issue I have with them is that so far, I don't think they've won a single game that it hasn't been in Minnesota. So as they progress, that schedule is going to be really important because they need to show to me that they can win games on the road. And they should have beat Atlanta, to be honest. And their defense is actually so good that number two isn't even close to how good they are. Their defensive rating is like almost 100 points, which in today's like super extreme offensive game is insane. But they deserve to be number four. They look incredible right now. They're just rolling. They are a machine. All right, we get to the top three. These top three, like, I would say Minnesota is almost in that category. But these top three teams are everyone's top three teams. It's just based on which order you have them. At number three, the same team I just shit on, I have the Boston Celtics, who are 7-2. They just beat the... Brooklyn Nets playing game on Friday. Essentially here, you know, my concern is that they've played a couple of really top tier teams in my eyes and they've lost. So against Philly and against Minnesota, now both have been on the road. And then you already know, like my main criticism of this team is just like how bizarre they can play sometimes and blah, 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 all that good stuff. I think they can rise again. But I want to see a little bit more consistency just from this team and the starting five. That's really it. It's not a big deal. You know, all that good stuff. And number two, the team that I was this close to putting at the number one spot. The Philadelphia 76ers, 7-1. and one. Nick Nurse is making these boys play real basketball. This is the vibes, immaculate. The offense, incredible. The defense, incredible. Tyrese Maxey jump, phenomenal. Joel Embiid playing some of the best basketball of his career, honestly. Like, maybe stats don't show it, but it's the ball movement that Nick Nurse has employed. Tobias Harris, great. Kelly Ube, great. Just all their role players playing phenomenal. They just are a machine right now. They are a machine. I have a hard time seeing who they're going to lose to in the future. Other than like a team like Denver. But they deserve to be here. They I can see them jumping to the number one spot at some point soon. But that's that's my little tangent. They beat good teams. They've only lost the opening game and haven't looked back since. Uh, they're great. They're phenomenal. And at number one, we obviously have the reigning champs, the Denver Nuggets. 
Uh, they're eight and one. They have only lost to Minnesota, but they they just look great. The reason I can see them dropping is actually the Jamal Murray injury, and that's really all I want to say is like they deserve to be here. They beat in OKC. They beat in the Warriors. They beat in Dallas Mavericks. That's seven, six, and five. Those are all really good teams. And yeah, that's really it for this. Like I could go into more, but like Jokic is the best player in the league. Blah blah blah. He's Jokic. Embiid, Luca, those are my MVP candidates right now. Um, they just look great, and I, I just think that until they they are eventually going to lose some more games, and I because they're going to rely a lot more on some role players instead of having Jamal Murray in there for like three weeks. Welcome to my Sunday Big Sky Power Rankings. If you liked the episode. Please subscribe, give it a like. Let me know down below, were these rankings good? Did I overestimate some teams, underestimate some teams? Are you pissed that I didn't have the damn Lakers in here? I don't know. I don't. Let me know, though. Uh, and yeah, that'll be it for today's episode. We'll get back to the normal analysis apps starting like tomorrow. I think my new schedule is probably Sunday to Thursday uh, episode drops. And then... If there's like big NBA news or big college news, I might do a video on like a Friday or a Saturday if those happen that day. But for the most part, this is going to be it. And thank you guys so much for watching. I know this one is a longer one, but it kind of has to be because there's a lot to talk about when you're doing 16 team power rankings. But thank you guys so much for listening, watching, all that good stuff. And I will see you guys in the next one. Peace.